So hi, Jack, and welcome to my podcast, Within Reason. Um, we had a couple of chats today and yesterday, and I sent you a few questions. But I've been reflecting and considering and thinking about the bits that I want to touch on because um, we've obviously got a 30-year friendship and we started university together. But more so, um, you took an interesting pathway in 89, 90 around IT and that always, um, I don't know, I, for me on the outside, I wasn't you, but the role of gender in IT and doing that first course um, and then sort of flick forward 30 years and now where you build a career and had an experience and now you've gone back to university as a lifelong learner. Um, and then there's another part that I'd love to talk about, which is maybe another podcast, which is family first, like both of you and I come from families that aren't academics and um, both were the first in our families to go into the university setting. So I think the thing that I'd love to touch on is like your beginning journey in university back in 89 or 90, was it 89, 88? Yeah, I started university in 1988. Yeah, and um, now we're in 2020 and you're still at university. So, Jack, can you just <laughs> tell me a bit? Yesterday, I really love the story of um, how you found yourself at in academics and university from a family. That Can you just start off with that story? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I didn't get a very good mark in my HSC from my year 12, which um, made me turn to, I guess, any course that I could get into and I wanted to do something around business. And the only business course I could find had computing associated with it. So in the 80s, not many people had computers. It was probably very rare that a home did have a computer. And if you did, you probably just played games on it. So um, I ended up about a thousand kilometers from home, living on campus, enrolled in my business course, but actually it was business computing. So it had a massive amount of computing IT in it, which um, I struggled with because I didn't have a, com have a computer. I'd only probably logged on to a computer once before in my life. I know saying that today seems a very odd, I know. <laughs> odd situation to be in, but um so Jack, just to take us That's back to was. That, yeah, so to take us back to eighty-eight, or I think it was. So, um, so when you enrolled in the Bachelor of Business, did you know that there was like a bracket with IT in it, or like how did that sort of evolve? Yeah, yeah certainly. When I filled out the form, it had bracket computing, um, as it was called back then, and I just didn't know how much it was. But I did really want to go to university. I did really value learning and thought it was important. And while my parents hadn't been to university, they did think going to university was a good achievement, a yeah. big achievement. So I was happy to tackle it from that angle, although there was absolutely no pressure to um, go to university. But so I did it... want to. So I stuck it out. That's really great. So would they have been happy if you didn't go to university? Would that have been okay oh, by then? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I'd worked as a checkout chick in a supermarket, that would have been completely fine with them. 
And I also, um, the part that I remember about your mum and dad was like, I think your young hands helped us move by memory. So I think that was a supportive role. Oh, they were definitely supportive and uh, they offered um, quite a bit of financial assistance as yeah. well. So there were some resources definitely on that financial side yeah. and just supporting that were there from an educational perspective or how to complete a subject or write an essay or um, any support with how to turn a computer on that obviously they didn't have that and I didn't get that from that space. Hilarious. So just to take us back to, um, for us dinosaurs, can you just um, tell the audience that like how the actual computer thing worked? Because obviously we didn't have one in our flat. And what that like, because I remember the room, wasn't there a room full of computers that you'd have to yeah, like go was, into? There was a couple of, um, depending what type of computing or computer you had to work on and mm. what the subject was, there was a different lot of computers you worked on. We had um, mid-range computers, which were in a different room to the PCs, this new oh. strange strange item that. where you had to go into a room with the pcs these days you can all connect you can connect to whatever seamlessly from your laptop desktop wherever but in those days definitely had to be in the right room to use the right computer for the appropriate subject but yeah there was a limited number of computers, computers. um so you sort of did have to get there early in the morning or stay late at night to get access to them it was a very noisy room. Really? Um, it was unmanaged. There was lots of chatter between young 18-year-olds, <laughs> both male and female. And it's, it sort of was a fun place to be. Um, I found that cool. there was always someone to chat to. There was um, three other girls my age um, that I hung around with that did my course. So there was always us, we could, my friends that we could meet up with, go for a coffee, go for lunch. We probably did more coffeeing and lunching than we did computing. And I definitely did more chatting. Do you remember, do you remember the ratio computing. at that point? Like with gender, with, like you were talking about um, the three of you, do you remember? Well, there was four of us, my three okay. other friends and myself. Um, I don't really. I know there was a fair mix of older people and younger people. It yeah. wasn't a big cohort in the year. Yeah. Um, there was probably about the same for young men, 18-year-olds as well in the course. Um, yeah. So you finished with... One of whom I ended up marrying. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> throw that bit in. I didn't, know, I didn't know that he was in that course. That's hilarious. So then you finished yeah. your bachelor with um, your IT in brackets and then you went on to work for quite a long time, two decades? Yeah, almost three, really. Mm. Um, and would you consider that that was... Um, like you started in the IT industry and you remained in the IT industry or like how would you describe that part? The, well, at the beginning of the 90s, IT was really taking off. This is, um, I know I guess people going into IT today think it's a new amazing phenomenon, but um, the 90s was really when it all started, when organisations mm -hmm. started having big databases 
they could see the technology brought productivity improvements, they could manage their customers better. So um, the big IT departments and big budgets were um, starting up then. So at the end of the 80s, there was the stock market crash and Australia went into a recession. So it was pretty hard to get a job, but all the jobs were going in IT. So Mm. um, as a young adult wanting money and wanting a job, um, you sort of, the IT jobs were more plentiful than other jobs. So I took the IT job. (laughs) Um, And then so fast forwarding into that, because like I know your... um so we're just going to skip really forward into your PhD now and you've combined IT with management. So like, where did it, where did that start? So you started in IT and now you are in the field where that intersects. So how did that develop? Um, it, it seemed a really natural progression really at the time that, yeah, the IT jobs were available. So I got in IT Um I think my personality type does lead to uh, leadership positions. I'm yeah. quite sort of comfortable with that. I sort of always see areas of improvement so I can sort of lead the way in that space. And I guess I aspired to it. So when the opportunity came up, um, I guess I, I wasn't backward in, in stepping up. So it just, know, it just I was, naturally I was happy developed to take on. Yeah. The, the team leader roles and then into the management roles. Yeah. And just as a separate segue, cause I know you're, um, you've have an absolute love of um, the personality. What do you call that? The personality test, the 16 stages. Oh. <laughs> it's um, called it's the Myers-Briggs a... personality. Yeah. Cause you introduced to me right. and I absolutely, you know, it obviously changed me and changed the way that I um, look at that, but like which part of that, so, you know, just for the people that are listening, there's an introvert, an extrovert, feeling, judging, um, big picture, small picture. Like, which was the part of that that was a surprise to you that you've really honed in and developed and used that as strength-based? Yeah, like in I the guess... last sort of 10, you know, like we're talking about the last decade, maybe. Yeah, I discovered it in my early 30s, so okay. probably nearly ago. 20 years ago, 20 years ago now. Um, and it was a very, it's a very popular management hmm. um, personality test, I guess. Um, and the role I had was pretty significant and we were doing, I guess it was a, not a pretty significant role and we were at the forefront of sort of developing IT things for a pretty big organisation. So there was lots of work to be done, lots of conflict, lots of working with um, different expertise types that happens a lot in computing because it's so specialised in different areas. Um, With multi-million dollar projects that we had to deliver and technology problems we had to solve which... Um, potentially had never been solved before. We had to make all this That's stuff amazing. work together. Um, so it was sort of a high pressure situation and we were working with all these people. And I guess um, I would find people weren't, didn't see the world as I saw it mm. and were making different decisions. And mm. it was quite frustrating. <laughs> really. um, but 
you know, they, they weren't seeing my way and what I thought was obvious, they mm. weren't grasping or they were, and they were responding differently to different mm. situations. So um, when I did look at this type stuff, it explained not only how I was operating mm. and gave me great insight into that, but also helped me understand why others were operating differently. Mm. And I guess because it was a high stress situation, mm. Their, their traits would become um, uh, heightened and more exposed because they were really falling back on their default operating. There was no time for small talk or being polite or you ah. got through that very quickly. So um, to understand how they were working mm. um, was also really, really useful in me doing my job. Mm. And what about you? Then what about the part of you that's the researcher? Like, like how, like, have you always known that that's there or is that just really been developed and developing? And now it's like, oh yeah, that is who I am. I love looking at information or researching or, you know, I would call it going down a rabbit hole myself. Um, <laughs> now that you're an academic, oh. you're down a rabbit hole full time. But the, uh... yeah, go. I can't wait to answer this question. The, um, th there's, there's two parts. Yeah, One, okay. I would say I'm naturally a problem solver. If, you, mm. if I see a problem, I have to solve it. Mm. That doesn't matter if one of my friends has a problem, is telling me about one of the issues in my life, I'm straight in with a solution which may not be the best strategy for a friend to or take. Or the other example <laughs> is if you're taking your dog for a walk and your dog needs to be trained, you will find a quick solution about whether the, whether Rosie, you know, needs, um, like if she's a problem and there's problems coming up with, with your dog, you'll find a quick solution or you'll research. Oh, it doesn't it. matter what the problem is, yeah. whether it's internet banking yeah, unavailable okay. and <laughs> the banks, <laughs> 5 million users can't you can't get to their account or can't use their credit card. Um, love to be in there solving that. Or if it's um, my laptop's not working today or my phone needs upgrading or... Um, why has my friend not got teacher registration? I could just have a quick look yeah. at that. Why? <laughs> so any, so yeah, yeah. It's a basically problem any problem, I love to solve it. And I do love learning. I value um, education, learning. Yeah. So that sort of is my motivation and I think my core characteristics that mm. got me into this space. Mm. Um, my weakness in this area is writing. I, I wouldn't say I've ever been a good writer and in school I was an absolutely woeful writer. Um, but that, but obviously that's I think it was just no, I, I didn't know how to get the skills. No one mm. gave me the skills mm. um, until I enrolled in my MBA when I was mm. about 35. Mm. Um, I had done significant work, had significant jobs by that time, managing pretty large teams. So I had a fair bit of confidence that I could mm. complete my master's of business administration. Mm. Um, but then I landed there and one of the lecturers was a retired journalist and um, she was really serious about what, the assignment essay needed to look like. Um, and I really thought, well, I, I, I was quite worried how I was going to complete it. And um, 
thought, yeah, how am I going to do this? And then I saw a sign, a poster with, if you need help writing essays, call this number. <laughs> so I thought, yes, <laughs> I need any help I can get to solve this problem. This is at um, 35, mind you, folks. I'm only discovering it at 48 that I need to write an essay. But continue. The, um, so I rang this guy. He said, yes. Um, he, the, he, we agreed to meet at the university campus. We booked a room and it was for an hour. And he looked at, he was an older chap sort of grey, balding with a pigtail, very mm. casually dressed, which was really unusual for me since this time I'd really been corporate. in the corporate world. Absolutely. Of suits and stockings and high heels and ties. And um, so a man with a pigtail, very relaxed looking, was strange, I guess. Anyway, I said to him, look, I don't know what happened, but I don't know how to write an essay. If you could give me some rules or something. Anyway. He did. He wrote on the whiteboard, okay, here are the rules. And I wrote down the rules diligently. Mm. Um, I think it, the tutoring session lasted for an hour and cost me $100, mm. um, which I, <laughs> while, while might be expensive for an hour's tutoring, it probably was really reasonable because I went away and wrote the essay and I went from probably scraping through with a high fail or a low pass to getting a HD. And it blew my mind. I must say I did put a lot of effort into it. I worked on it for weeks and weeks and I applied the rules just diligently and methodically. <laughs> methodically. Um, and yeah, I was blown away. So that's probably the hundred dollars that changed my life. And I couldn't believe for a hundred dollars that I was able to write a much, much better essay mm. and that no one had given me these rules before. Mm. since they were so simple and mm. able, to be, able to be conveyed in an hour. <laughs> yeah. So Jack's, um, to people out there, Jack's doing her PhD at the moment and I'm following in her footsteps, not with a PhD, um, with a master's program. And Jack wrote those rules out on an envelope and that envelope sits on my desk with the intro conclusion and the rules of writing an essay. And then on top of that, I went and got myself a 26-year-old mentor and she helps me still to this day. It's like, I still need practice at doing an essay plan. And I'm, I don't know how many words in, I'm 10, 20, 40,000 words in. And I still <laughs> need support because it's a muscle, yeah. And we're 50 year olds um, developing the muscle of writing an essay or putting words together. Because obviously writing's pretty tricky for me. Um, but Jack, tell me the story about getting into... Um, the how you sort of ended up in research and where you are now so you paid your hundred bucks and you learned to write an essay yeah and yeah it was <laughs> and i um yeah i completed my mba and i went back to the corporate world and um did various amount of jobs in big corporates managing it departments so that was pretty exciting but um i finished up in the beginning of 2016 and mm. thought, mm, what to do next? Um, while IT's amazing and I love it and I love the corporate world, um, I guess it wasn't challenging me like it used to and it was getting a bit the more of the same. Mm. Um, 
So while looking for another job, I was looking for something else to do that mm. probably interested me more, challenged me more. And that process with, took quite a bit, hey? Like that wasn't like... Yeah, it probably took the about, whole year. I was going to say, we're not talking about 30 days. No, no. Mm. And it was probably in my back of my mind for maybe two years, three really? years earlier than that as well. Yeah. Just, you know, what else could I do? What was my next challenge? Um, so it had been ruminating there for a while. Mm. But I was at a conference, a big IT conference in America in September. Mm. And... Uh, it was an Oracle conference and the head of Oracle is a guy called Larry Ellison, mm. one of the um, major IT developers, I guess, in the world and a multi-billionaire as well. Mm. And he was talking about IT and I thought it was his keynote speaker, uh, mm. keynote delivery to this massive conference. And I was in a room that was probably several football sizes big. So it was quite um, a memorable experience filled mm. with people um they would have had six seven enormous screens like you see at the football um with his face on it because he was this tiny little person um in this massive room and the, he was talking about it and its development and where it was going and when i started in the 90s it was a bit like the wild west we had to put together a lot of things that no one knew the how. Wars, Jack. The, the IT systems weren't stable, weren't reliable. Wow. Um, they were really new. Um, you were making new up concepts shit people had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. We, we really were putting yeah. in sort of things that there was no textbook on. Yeah. Um, we were at the leading edge sort of thing. Whereas now IT's for corporations with the cloud, um, with networks, with the software you can get um, as a cloud service and mm. through the internet is, and the, the data transfer that we have these days, everything's evolved so much, it's becoming much more of a commodity. Mm. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like the Wild West days where you had to do a lot of complex things and a lot of learning on the spot mm. and you got to make up a lot of stuff. It, mm. it wasn't that same place. And while everyone has a greater understanding concepts and ability to use IT these days, mm. um, the IT within corporations is becoming, dare I say, simpler. Mm -hmm.